I'm going to talk to you now about one of the worst movies I've ever seen. In fact, a movie that is so bad it's almost inexplicable because it's bad in strange ways. You sit there looking at the screen and saying, what is going on here? What did they think that I would think about this movie? The film stars Martin Short as a little boy. Here he is. I guess it's supposed to be funny that Short is playing a little boy, but doesn't he look weird here? Doesn't he look odd? What are we supposed to think about? I'm not sure. I saw the movie in a theater with about 150 other people, and they all just stared at the screen in total stone silence, not only not laughing, but almost stupefied by the sight that they were seeing. It's very hard to relate to this movie on any known level. I give it half a star, and I'm Roger Ebert. Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode 84 of Vague Zone. I am Daniel. Hey, guys. It's Thomas. And today we are watching my pick uh, from 1994, starring Martin Short and Charles Grodin, Clifford, <laughs> a yeah. movie that was critically panned. I believe it has... What, what has it got on Rotten Tomatoes? Uh, it's got like a 17 or something? On IMDb, it has a 4.5 stars out of 10. It has a 13% on Rotten Tomatoes. Um, I'm pretty sure it did. It it was a box office bomb. Uh, I actually pulled some quotes from Roger Ebert about this, but, uh, but oh, maybe yes. we'll maybe we'll get into that in a second. For uh, first off, let's uh, let's have you read the IMDb synopsis for this. Sure. Clifford. 1994. Uh, there is no red dog in this movie, by the way. Um, so if, if that's <laughs> going to make you stop listening, stop listening right now. <laughs> 1994, directed by Paul Flaherty. A bratty 10-year-old boy is obsessed with visiting a dinosaur-themed amusement park. His uptight uncle takes this wily tyke in for a week and barely lives to regret it. Yes. Yeah, holy shit. So this is my pick. I grew up with this movie. Yeah, why did you pick why did you pick this movie? <laughs> why did I, pick this movie? <laughs> I am eager to get into it. Uh, I fucking loved this movie as a kid. I yeah, I was trying to I was trying to figure it out because like I don't think I saw it in theaters. I remember seeing trailers for it and wanting to see it. I remember seeing trailers and the trailers include the scene where Martin Short is singing about San Francisco and he hits that high <laughs> note. And I think I just found that fascinating as a kid that it's like this guy can just do that, <laughs> like. Uh, yeah, that's great. But I couldn't imagine seeing this as a kid. This would, like, I was watching this like, who is this for? <laughs> yeah, like, this is such a strange movie. So the fact that you saw this as a kid, I mean, and, it's, and it reminds so me crazy. of like, so I I liked Pee Wee's Big Adventure when I was a kid, which is an also which is also a movie about an, a grown man playing a very childlike character. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I also. My sister was a big fan of um, Drop Dead Fred. I don't know if you're familiar with Drop Dead Fred. I think I've talked no. about it on here. But it's um, it's a movie with Phoebe Cates where she, her uh, imaginary friend from her childhood uh, resurfaces in her life. And it's played by Rick Mail, who's this very anarchic, comedic performer. Uh, mm. And it is just an absolutely chaotic movie. Um and I feel like, yeah, those movies, this was around the same time Problem Child came out. Yeah. Um, I think Problem Child was four years before this, and I was a big fan of that movie. Uh, so I think as a kid watching this, I was just like, I want to be like Clifford. <laughs> like, I want to, 
I, I feel like it's a common thing now. You see on like sitcoms, you see these kids who are, you know, they're super witty. They're the ones who've got it all together. These kids got it all worked out. And yes, it's definitely that Bart Simpson. Kind it's of a vibe. trope. And yeah. Clifford is like the kid who's got it all worked out, but he's horrible. <laughs> yeah, and it's and it's a grown man playing the character. Um, but yeah, let's. How about how about you tell me what did you think of this? Man, this is a, this, this is a weird one for sure. Like, like the ups and downs of watching this the first time are are quite unique because this is a movie that's like, like as you're watching it as it unfolds there's a lot of thoughts that come into play. First of all, it's like, how is this a thing? How is this possible? How did this get made? And, and also, why it's being played so straight, so effectively to the point where it's like, it really sucks you in because just Martin Short is just doing something that is just, is, <laughs> I think uh, Roger Ebert's words were, I think he used the word extraterrestrial to describe Martin Short's uh, performance, and this is really appropriate because, yeah, he just, he's just doing something that's just like, so strange. And while I'm watching this, I'm just like, who is this for? It's like, is this for kids? Like, is this for adults? Like, either way, like, it doesn't feel right in either category because it's just, it's such a troublesome and dark movie when he's just, like, looking at the camera and his face is contorting and he just, like, his eyes are glazing yeah. over. And you're just like, he's just, uh, Clifford is just so uh, highly capable to the point where he's just so determined to get to Dinosaur Land that he is willing to, I don't know, crash an airplane within the first 10 minutes of the movie. Once, once that happened, I was like, holy shit, like, I don't, I, I couldn't quite comprehend what's going on. And I love Richard Kind as, like, the, the dad who's at his wit's end. The mother, is, the mother is just drinking, just, like, straight whiskey at this point. And they just, like, they get this, like, this possibility, this window to, to let Clifford go. And they're just like, yeah, that's great. That sounds like a great idea. They just give him to the uncle, and and then yeah, it just it proceeds to be one of the greatest little comedic uh, sparring. It's just insane. This movie is just it works well because yeah, we talked about uh, the Great Muppet Caper, which has Charles Grodin sort of working opposite against Miss Piggy, which is absurd in its own way. But this is just a, like it's so dark and strange and. Yeah, just the anger is just so real. It just feels there's some moments where it's like that anger he has for Clifford just feels genuine in some moments where he just wants to kill him. And yeah. so yeah, it's just it's a uh, amazing movie. Like yeah, gr it's great choice. Movie. Yeah, I I, 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 I it's like yeah, even like the climax when they actually get to like I don't want to get spoiler territories, but like the climax is like it like it continues to escalate to a point where you just have to sort of give it its prop you have to give it this movie is really its props for just taking this concept and going all like as extreme as they possibly could with it and it's just incredible uh so yeah some of the so i was gonna talk about ebert how he hated this movie earlier um yeah. this was actually on siskel and ebert's worst of 1994 list and i yeah. <laughs> his review is still online so i pulled a few quotes from it uh, this one is Clifford is not bad on the acting, directing, or even writing levels. It fails on a deeper level still, the level of the underlying conception. Something about the material itself is profoundly not funny, irredeemably <laughs> not funny, so that it doesn't matter what the actors do because they are in a movie that should never have been made. <laughs> he also says later, if Clifford is not a real little boy, then what is he? The movie doesn't know, and neither does the audience. And for much of the running time, we sit there staring, stupefied at the screen, trying to figure out what the hell we're supposed to be thinking. Um, yeah, yeah like, so as a kid watching this, I 
it was just a silly movie. This is just like a silly, weird movie. <laughs> like, like I said, I, I was familiar with Pee Wee. I was familiar with Drop Dead Fred. I was familiar with these adults playing these like childish, zany characters. Deeply um, farcical, but you were young. Daniel was on. He was yeah. He was I was on board, <laughs> and like, so it's really interesting to me to like look at reviews and people talk about like how unsettling this is and disturbing <laughs> and strange and like people just there was just this inability for people to connect with this movie because they were so uncomfortable with seeing this grown man play a ten year old boy. Um, yeah. So yeah. yeah, you you looking at this through the eyes of an adult, how did that? feel for you it's really interesting because like okay so one movie i was also like thinking a lot while watching sorry i think a movie i thought about a lot while watching this was um Step Brothers, and Step Brothers was like a, like uh so when those movies were coming out i remember my buddy kevin back in high school sort of like he's like yeah let's go see talladega nights and i was like oh sure yeah like i wasn't quite into anchorman i thought it was really silly everyone was quoting it like crazy went to go see talladega nights i was like okay i get it this is awesome but then Step Brothers was coming out and i was like okay this seems like i wasn't really on board i was like very skeptical of this but yeah uh, mary steenberger sorry mary steenbergen has a very good performance in Step Brothers, playing sort of like the straight character against like this insane mm-hmm. wackiness of Will Ferrell and John C. Riley just doing a very interesting like a man-child sort of thing. But here, this is happening like twenty years earlier in nineteen ninety four with Martin Short and sort yeah. of like like as like this kid, and they're like they're sort of shooting it in a way where it's clearly like yeah like give him some like bigger clothes and sort of just angle the camera a little bit higher and it's like they're doing like like just trick photography to make it just like work (laughs) really well and then charles groden is just fantastic as this this really angry dad so it's really appropriate after watching these muppet movies but yeah watching it as an adult it literally like fried my circuits like for the first like 30 minutes but then i was like okay i I have to accept the absurdity and yeah, once I'm you here accept now. it yeah once you're once you're like you accept it it's like holy shit like there this movie is just doing something just so different and strange but so i think it, it does it so well i think what works is that it, it <clears throat> you're saying it does it so well i think it does it not too well and i think that works to the benefit of the movie because it's okay. not like it's not like so something I kept thinking about was the movie Little Man, which I haven't seen, but yes. it's like they put a adult man's face on a baby's body, yeah, and it's yeah. like that's not what's happening here. There that there isn't this uncanniness that I couldn't get behind because I know the whole time I'm watching Martin Short pretend to be shorter. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, I think if it, yeah, if they were trying to go for, like, a realistic child portrayal, that would be so distracting and disturbing that I couldn't get into it. Um, yeah, but that, that never like, even crossed my mind when I was watching this. Like, oh, yeah, it's, like, Richard Kind. So, it's like, yeah, it's, like, you have two, like, improv sort of seasoned guys. And so yeah. I was, it, like, the, the, I guess those thoughts never really crossed my mind while watching it. I was like, okay, this is just something that's very messed up and very strange. And it's going to be a lot of just adult actors being okay with just... This. Even a lot of the, and, the the jokes are like adult jokes. Sometimes. And it's not like Clifford's hanging out with other kids. <laughs> like yeah, yeah. we get like him interacting with maybe like two kids in the whole movie, and it's never, it's not an ongoing thing. Because uh, I think that would be weird. Like if he, we saw him go to school, <laughs> that would probably be a little creepy. Um, yeah, well, the character Sarah, she's like a teacher, and so there's like like moments where it's like, oh yeah, there's like other kids, and they're like just playing with shapes and colors, doing something 
art project, something random like that. And then, yeah, it's like when you cut back to Clifford, it's like, oh, yeah, this is really strange. <laughs> like, he's clutching on to his dinosaur Stephen the entire movie and just, like, has this... Stefan. <laughs> Stefan. <laughs> Stefan, sorry. Yeah, Stefan. He has this, like, magnetic connection to him and so yeah it's like those those really strange things but yeah he doesn't feel like a child and so even when they do like the wide shots of him it's like yeah he's like pretty tall so yeah i don't know it's just it's just from the very beginning it just it feels like that you bringing up stefan reminded me of something too which is that when i was a kid i was into dinosaurs and like i wasn't like a huge like dinosaur nut but like i liked dinosaurs i had dinosaur toys uh, I remember reading, like, Calvin and Hobbes, and, like, Calvin was in the dinosaurs. Calvin, another menace child that I yeah. adored. <laughs> um, but then also, this movie got me excited to play the recorder, <laughs> because we had okay, cool, cool. <laughs> we, we had a couple recorders at the house. And even seeing, yeah, on this rewatch, just watching Martin Short play the recorder and play the theme song to the movie over and over, that shit's hilarious to me. Yeah, it sort of plays to this, like, it makes him feel like, a Shakespearean, almost like a Peter Pan, like, sort of, like, mythical, just, like, spiritual sort of character. Like, he's just, like, like, I just get, like, he's, like, an agent of chaos, and so just him playing the recorders, it's, like, a really, it's a, it's a very funny choice of instrument. It's just, it's, like, it's, it's like the kazoo or something like that, or, like, the accordion. It's just one of those things where it's, like, oh, this is just an obnoxious piece of, <laughs> like, a thing to carry around. A, a bright red one, nonetheless. Like, a yeah. bright red, <laughs> like, recorder. Um, yeah. Yeah, there was, like, I feel like it wasn't until I was adult that the joke of him just eating sugar all the time is something I really took notice of. Yeah, that's wild. Yeah, I remember, weird. yeah, I remember as a kid, like, seeing him eat the sugar cubes at the party and thinking that was funny because it's, like, <laughs> you know, yeah. he's snacking on sugar cubes. But then, uh... But, like, him eating ice cream at the house at the beginning was kind of, kind of just like a, yeah, of course. Like, why wouldn't he be eating ice cream? Like, that's delicious. So, like, it didn't even it didn't even register for me that this is, like, making a joke about kids. <laughs> yeah, for me, it sort of goes back to the whole thing I said about him being uh, highly capable. It's just like, yeah, you, you cut away and then he's going to just be be constantly be doing something constantly active. Just like, I love the shot. We have this really great moment where they're at... Um, I forget Charles Gordon's character's name. Um, uh, Martin, Uncle Martin. Martin. They're, yeah, they're at Martin's office, and there's this great long shot where they they leave his like office and go down to the elevator. And in the process of that, Clifford like gets on a buggy and like gets on a shopping cart, goes out of frame, comes back, grabs oh, a, yeah. like a lamp, puts the lampshade on his head, does like a cowboy thing, goes off. He <laughs> like does like all this it's shit. It's so Martin Short. <laughs> yeah, like it's just like it is very kinetic and very like there's a lot of motion to it and then yeah that have that same sort of feeling when he's like yeah like he just has he's like bugs bunny he just he has a a cup of uh, a big bowl of ice cream when he's just yeah sorry i helped myself to this (laughs) yeah and then later he's eating a donut and then he's eating sugar cubes (laughs) yeah eating sugar cubes yeah and actually when i watched this the first time i guess i was slightly distracted and i guess i didn't notice the actual switch with the Tabasco sauce and the Bloody Mary. Oh, yeah. So when he's doing the confession later, I was like, no, he's just lying. But when I watched it the second time today, I'm like, no, he just, like, switched. And they very much just pour an entire bottle of Tabasco sauce into the Bloody Mary cup. And I was like, that's fucking hilarious. I will say yeah. if there's anything, uh, like, watch trying to watch this, like, critically for this show, uh, <laughs> I think one of the reasons 
I could see, well, there's many reasons why people could have a hard time getting into this movie, but I think one of the things that affected me this time was that Charles Grodin, I feel like in any scene, he's probably giving a great comedic performance. However, uh, you know, taking this movie as a whole, it's a lot of yelling. <laughs> like, True. It, yeah. it, it's pretty excessive. Um, yeah. I wish they did a better job of, like, taking him from zero to 100 gradually, but, like... He gets there pretty quick. <laughs> yeah, I agree with that. And actually, to go back to sort of the comment about uh, mid to late two thousands tens comedies like that, Will Ferrell sort of thing. That was one of my yeah, criticisms so about yelling. it. There's a lot of like the improv is really good, but yeah, it also it gets really loud really quickly. And sometimes the punchline is is we're just going to say something really obnoxious really loudly. And yeah, that's a lot of and, easy things. Yeah. And it's interesting because so in those movies. It's the comedic characters that are doing a lot of yelling and screaming. And one of the problems with that is that, like, you know, stand-up comedians do this, too. They'll get really loud because they're essentially begging for laughs. Um, mm -hmm. They're trying to compensate. Uh, they're trying to use their volume to compensate for maybe a lack of wit. Or, like, even really witty, good comedians will still, like, yell because they want to, like, invite you into this enthusiasm. Um, yeah. But here, Charles Grodin isn't the comedic... Like, he has, like... There's a lot of comedic stuff happening. He he he's bringing a lot to the table, but he's not he's not Clifford. <laughs> like he's supposed yeah, to be yeah. kind of the straight man. Um, so his yelling it's it's a yeah it's a different a different presence. I feel like I agree. Especially I think it stands out the most in the scene where he takes Sarah to the new apartment early on in the movie, and like they show the new house, and oh, she's yeah. like. He's like, look at it, it's great. And he's like, yeah, he's like, he starts to see it at like a, at an eight, and then it keeps getting higher when she walks out and is angry. This she's like, yeah, like I can't raise a family here. And he's like, what are you talking about? And it's like, yeah, just dial it down a little bit. Yeah, and it could have been a little bit smoother. And then he gets, I, I do agree with that. In that scene, he has one of the best lines in this movie, which is, I want to say Mason. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah just doesn't know. Uh, I want to ask, what is your opinion of the framing device? Because this wouldn't be like a classic comedy movie if it didn't have like a framing device especially with fred savage in it because i think that's, that's the same thing for uh, princess bride too He's uh, yeah ben or, savage in this one <laughs> ben savage, um yeah. but yeah i'm glad you brought that up so i was reading about it and this movie was shot in 1990 and it sat on a shelf for like four years i think uh but like three years after it was originally shot they decided, okay, if we're going to release this, we need some sort of framing device here because it is too weird to drop people in <laughs> with just Martin Short playing a child. It's, it's, it's too much mushrooms so for, they, for, yeah. for a new beginner. So it's they shot much. the framing device three years later. Um, and I think, it, I think it was a good idea because, you know, we get introduced to old Martin Short and he's telling a boy a story about when he was a child. And so we yeah. flash back to still Martin Short playing a child. So I think it makes it a little, e it like eases that transition into what you're in for. Um, yeah. I think if it was just like, you know, two parents being like, oh, Clifford, our son Clifford's over there. And then he turns around and it's Martin Short. That would be very yeah. jarring. Uh, yeah. Also, I think there's a really classic example of the rule of threes in comedy when we have old, uh, priest clifford like going by and the kid is jumping out the window and i think it's a basketball falls down first yeah. and then a briefcase and then the kid then falls the down it's like, yeah it's just like it's a really good just rhythmic just one two three it's just like if you if you want to go to comedy school it's just like watching these like weird movies is a good place to go to it's like this these <laughs> this movie is just like 
really overwhelming at, at a certain point. I got to pause it on multiple occasions because Clifford is just, just doing so much. And, like, yeah, it's like after the second viewing, I was like, oh, yeah, like, he is actually, like, not, like, completely unjustified. But there's some, like, he expresses, he's like, yeah, I don't like my hair being rustled. Like, I don't yeah. like when people do that. And he, that happens on multiple occasions and then something bad happens immediately after, like, the boss does it and then he makes the joke about the wig, like, right after. And then, like, the Which, dad does it. Yeah. <laughs> the, the wig, the wig joke is, like, permanently stuck in my head of him saying, I said bestest looking wig. I believe <laughs> yeah. there is a difference. Like, yeah. the I believe there is a difference <laughs> phrase. I constantly say that shit because of this movie. <laughs> That's great, yeah. Yeah, Martin Short is just really, really fucking good in this. And yeah, yeah, just... And it's like, I think, yeah, and it's... So you kept saying, like, who is this for? And it's like, I don't know how you market this movie. Like, I think it's for kids. Because, like, as a kid, I am inspired by the chaos that this (laughs) child causes. Um, And it, like, put... Like, I think I was kind of a weird kid where, like, I would notice names of, like, actors and, like, people who worked on stuff and so like watching this movie i was like martin short like now i know who martin short is like i want to know more about martin short like ed grimley the character he played on saturday night live i remember watching an animated series of ed grimley and being really into it that's Um, funny yeah i learned about martin short through snl but it was through the character um jiminy glick and it was like it was like I was watching and he was hosting and it was like, yeah, I was, that was the first time I'd ever seen him on camera. I was like, he was at Jiminy Glick. So I was just like, what is happening? Like, I just don't really, so like, yeah, after realized, oh yeah, his character actor does all these wacky, wacky things and has this history with like, yeah, Steve Martin and all this stuff. And yeah, this, this movie is a really good example of what he does best. And yeah, the classic, um, uh, look at me like a normal boy is yeah, such a it. great, such a great. I think about that to too say. all the time too. <laughs> um, yes, yeah, so this movie definitely deserves like the sort of cult classic. Is sort of yeah. reputation is built, and I feel like so I think it's for adults. I don't know. There's some weird. It gets dark. Like when he, the boss is like assaulting Sarah, and he's like, like oh, yeah, you're doing weird. like that. The cute little version act is like it's not working on me, like or whatever. I think he says it is working on me. Then he like continues to like go after her. Yeah, it's just it's it's sketchy. And then yeah, there's like (laughs) it's a pretty there's some pretty cruel jokes in here, Uh, like the (laughs) the bout of the father having a stroke (laughs) is like so inappropriate. (laughs) And I think about that all the fucking time too. Yeah, Um, rewatching comedy is is definitely always like I said on the show before is really tricky thing. And I I think this is the same writer from uh, Back to School. Oh, really? And, okay. Yeah, and I think, yeah, Back to School is, like, yeah, pretty sure solid, minus, like, a couple, <laughs> like, a couple jokes that are sort of off-color. Yeah. Like, I think it's just, like, one scene where Ronnie Dangerfield goes into a, a girl's locker room, but it doesn't get, like, super, it doesn't yeah. get weird. He just makes, like, a joke, and then it's over. <coughs> but, yeah, and then there's, like, <coughs> some gender stuff in here that's not great. <laughs> oh, yeah, the, the phony punchline when they go yeah. to San Francisco, and then <laughs> the... Uh, yeah, we have some 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 they them's walk up. And yeah, when that happens, yeah, it's very much a visual punchline of what's happening. And then, of course, also Richard Kind <laughs> digging into a heavy set woman, uh, calling yeah. her Mrs. Extra Wide Load or whatever. Um, yeah, although I feel that <laughs> it's it's I fuck it's, it. It's a hilarious scene. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's the thing. It's <laughs> like in in Back to School, my favorite 
like jokes from that movie are in the beginning when Ronnie Dangerfield is like selling plus size suits and he's just like he's just like he's just rattling off just fat jokes and it's it's really <laughs> off color but it's, it's, and I feel like it makes me laugh and so I I'm feel like the, laugh yeah I feel like the Richard Kind joke like scene it's not funny because he's making fun of a woman for being heavy set it's funny because he's so upset with his son yeah, yeah. that like he can't help but just descend into complete indecency uh i don't know his performance is great like yeah that's one of the the, like the sort of gems about this movie existing is that yeah it it sort of goes with this idea that yeah children can be fucking terrible it can really just calls him a little monster immediately (laughs) no he calls him hitler (laughs) oh yeah (laughs) the freudian slip when he's like cliff uh, hitler no clifford it's like yes he he does not think highly of him at all all right um anything else on clifford yeah, um, there's a, a like a really good article on the Vulture about this movie mm-hmm. that sort of interviews a lot of the people involved in this. And one of the things they sort of mentioned was that yeah, in the party scene at the, towards the end of the movie, like all of the extras were like six two and just like yeah. just, they just hired like a lot of like taller people and sort of put him in there. And yeah, I don't know. Just I, I just love the, like the practical things in this movie, especially like when they get to Dinosaur Land and we get this it looks awesome. Sequence. Yeah, this insane sequence of him just going through over and over again. It's just that, yeah, it's it's fucking wild. That's like, another <laughs> thing where like Ebert was talking about how shoddy Dinosaur World looked at the end, and like how it's like a anticlimactic climax or something like that. And it's like I thought I think it looks great. <laughs> like I yeah. think this ride looks awesome. Yeah, this is one of those movies where it's, like, I'm sort of a little bit of a critic towards uh, websites like Rotten Tomatoes because they are aggregate sites yeah, for aggregate, reviews yeah. for, you know, reviews back then they trashed this movie. But this, like, if you go on Letterboxd and read those reviews, they're just, like, just, they really appreciate, like, the brilliance yeah. of this movie and the brilliance of Martin it... Short and Charles Grodin and Mary Steenberg and it's just, it's great. I think I, I heard an interview with the director where he talks about how... Like Martin Short was saying that anytime, and this was a few years ago, but anytime uh, someone would come up to him under the age of thirty, they would want to talk about Clifford. <laughs> like this was the movie <laughs> they'd want to talk about. That's great. Um, yeah, no, I think that's about it. Um, yeah, any, any oh, I will say that uh, in that Vulture, I, I also saw the Vulture article. One of the interesting things about it is it includes his screen test, where they were yeah, like, yeah. because originally this was gonna be. A child. They were going to cast a child into this movie. It was just going to be a comedic take on the bad seed. Uh, and then they found out Problem Child was getting created, and they were like, okay, well, there's a very similar movie being made. Like, we can't go that route. What if we did Martin Short? Like, yeah. which is a bizarre jump. But um, yeah, you get to see the screen test of him in costume uh, acting with uh, like either the director or one of the writers or something. Um, yeah, I think it's the writer. And. It's interesting because he completely has this character locked down. Like he knew yeah, it's exactly. Like, yeah. <laughs> like he like walked into this movie knowing exactly what he was gonna do. Uh, it's fantastic. Yeah, bold choices, no notes. I don't think it works as well with the absence of Charles Grodin. Like I, th- I think the screen test does a lot to highlight what Charles Grodin was bringing to the table. But yeah, yeah, interesting, interesting look at Martin Short. <laughs> Yeah, I knew, like, the moment when, like, the the person at the airport is, like, calling, like, yeah, like, several things have been stolen, and then Charles Grodin is being licked by a dog, there's a surfboard behind him, I was just like, I, I was just like, I can't believe this movie exists, this came out in 1994, 
it just is one of those things where yeah it's just like when you first mentioned it i was like what is this <laughs> like this can't fit but it fits so appropriately with this weird jim henson journey we're kind of <laughs> yeah it's, it's crazy good all right cool yeah what, what have you been watching this week oh god what have I been <coughs> excuse watching? me sorry Coughs. have i watched anything this week <laughs> I don't know if I've watched anything this week. I feel like I watched this and then I just meditated on it for a long time. That's um, good. Yeah, I, I started Last of Us 2. Um, okay. I probably only played like 40 minutes of it, but uh, it's very weird going from Elden Ring, which is just about combat and just about gameplay. Like uh, every blue moon, you get a cutscene uh, yeah. to something that is highly narrative driven. Tons of cutscenes, incredibly animated cutscenes, incredible performances. Yeah, not, yeah, not, Naughty Dog is yeah, they're all about like yeah, we want to. Yeah, it's all like the wow, sensors. this is awesome. <laughs> Every imperfection on the five K. Yeah, but it's also like, kind of want to play a game. Like I feel like I'm watching a movie. Like, eh, can I play some of this game? Um, and then I start playing the game, and it's like, I don't know. I, I it's just I'm just not into it. It hasn't sunk in its teeth into me. So I know yeah, it's. I... Did you play the second one? No, um, I've I've heard good things about it though. I've heard that you just have to sort of be into the cinematic gameplay yeah. thing, and yeah, I've, you know, it's it's all about taste, a matter of taste. Like yeah. I'm like not into open world games, but I was sort of I, I appreciated uh, Elden Ring because I think yeah, it's good. It cut out a lot of those long story things. That was what exhausted me about Red Dead Two is that it's a yeah. big game with long cutscenes. That you're like, yeah, like I want to indulge in both, and so it's good that you sort of have games that sort of focus on one or the other yeah so so yeah i'll stick with it maybe it'll bite me but uh it is just such a different style it's hard for me to transition into it uh what about you what have you been watching lately um so i've been watching been binge watching on cinema at the cinema oh, nice. Heidecker <laughs> sort of universe thing uh, yeah, it was it, did, it was intimidating at first because like wow, there's 12 seasons of this. Yeah. It seems like a really big undertaking, and I was also in the process of writing like an 80 page grant over the past weekend, so uh, I yeah. had like a lot of like work to do. So I was just going back and forth between watching like two or three hours of that and then writing for like three or four hours. And so yeah, I'm like at the point where yeah, on, it's weird because it starts off like early on. I forget exactly when it starts, but now I'm at the point where the, the last episode I watched was he um, announced his uh, support of the Trump, okay. uh, <laughs> the Trump uh, candidacy for the election. So, but it's like 2016, so it's like season eight. So I'm pretty far into that. But yeah, this is incredible that he has this this universe built, and yeah. it's one of those things that Tim Heidecker, uh, like I don't know, so like it. I don't think sometimes I'm like, yeah, it's like these jokes are like. I don't know if it, if it ages super well. Like it feels like, like I I don't know like the fake conservative thing. Like it's sort of sometimes yeah. like it's really funny. Sometimes like okay like I get what you're doing, but it's not like it can get sort of boring really fast. I think Decker is great, but yeah, sometimes it, it feels like I'm just watching low quality shit. <laughs> like sometimes sometimes it's really great. Sometimes I'm like okay, so this is actually just like low quality. As it gets better, I think it's kind of cool. I remember um, the way someone pitched that show to me was like, yeah, it's like a it's. Him and Neil Hamburger doing a movie review show, but uh, the story's really good. <laughs> and I was like, yeah. the story's good. Like it's a, and and then you watch it and you're like, oh yeah, this is a movie review show with a through line. Um, yeah, it, it, yeah, it, it creeps in there, and yeah. as it sort of like gets built, it builds up, it builds and builds and builds, and 
it becomes this really fascinating thing. And yeah, lots of twists and turns. I haven't uh, committed to watching the Oscar specials because I was too busy to watch these two and a half hour long things that have even more story and stuff packed into them. But yeah, it's really funny that Greg Turkington ends up in uh, Ant-Man and uh, yeah. Tim ends up in Fantastic Four. I thought that was really funny. So that was great. Um, Tim's in Fantastic Four. Oh, uh, oh, yeah, in, in, univer- in the on Cinema Universe, that's what happens? In the Josh Trank Fantastic oh, really? Four movie, Tim, Tim Heidecker I didn't plays know that. a character's father. Correct. Okay, yeah, yeah. Wow. It's, it's insane. Yeah, so it, it, when they're on there, they're like, he's like, yeah, like Ant-Man. It's like, like it's a, a shitty movie, but he's like, yeah, Fantastic Four, five bags of popcorn. So yeah, it's just the petty shit. It just continues. It's really funny. Well, Tim Heidecker but, was in Ant-Man and the Wasp also. That's great. Yeah. <laughs> so I feel like in the third one, Eric Wareheim probably going to show up or something. I don't know. Maybe. That's that's just even better. But yeah, on the flip side of that, um, I was watching uh, We Own the City uh, the past couple of days. It's like this new show is developed by David Chase. It's like in the the same vein as The Wire, and it, like it's set in Baltimore, and it's about like police corruption. Is like, but the angle it's taking is it follows like a character who's doing like the uh, like a investigation like sort of doing like a, an investigation like the civil rights and like the police brutality and sort of just like trying to figure out what the fuck is wrong with the precinct and like it's just really well acted John Bernthal's in it um I love the opening theme song I, I always appreciate when the tv show has a good opening theme song but yeah one of the like uh, main core things that they're sort of talking about is like yeah like a lot of these problematic racist like abusive cops are the ones that are making arrests and making arrests are sort of what these precincts are sort of like that's what their lifeblood is unfortunately and so it's like there's this weird thing where it's like a lot of these cops are like well how do you expect us to be clean in a system that is just inherently dirty and inherently fucked up and just and just the way that it's uh just constructed it's just really good because they're just like talking about yeah like ever since freddie gray it's just like there's fucking groups of people with cell phones there to film these incidents and it's like well they're still out on the street and it's just it's just fucking really really good tv just like mm-hmm. when tv is just like at its best and so gotta give props to that because i was like like a little bit hesitant because i was like yeah, i don't know if i want to get into another long drama but yeah it's it's just it's just really fucking good cool Right, is that it for this week's episode? Um, yeah, I guess so. Yeah, next week we're going to be doing the Muppets Take Manhattan. Oh, hell yeah. Okay. <laughs> 1984. This is the movie that introduces the Muppet Babies. <laughs> okay, nice. I'm curious about this one. Um, yeah, it was directed by Frank Oz, too. So directed by. The Passing Muppets of the Torch. Baby. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Cool, cool. So yeah, it's been episode 84 of Vague Zone. If you'd like to contact us, you can email us, vaguezonepod at gmail.com. You can tweet at us at Twitter, at Vague Zone. Let us know what you're watching, what you are thinking about this Muppet franchise. Let us know if you want us to watch Muppets Most Wanted and the Muppet movie with Jason Segel. We will definitely check it out. Yeah, I'm Thomas. And I'm Daniel. We'll catch you later.